You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul explains how the names Shechem and Bethel function against the will of God. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. So Mount Seir, very important. So here again, the Bible is connected, connecting Esau with Adam and Seir that are very functional when it comes to the mountain of the Lord. But Jacob journeyed to Sukkoth, very important. It's the plural of tent, a place of tent. Notice again the underscoring of the shepherd life. But this happens at the end of 33, because in 32, Jacob was working on building Beth-El with a temple and so on he was steered after a fight towards Peniel or Penuel which appears in the face of Esau and then you have two words Seir and Sukkoth that are connected with the story of Exodus and the giving of the law so already you see how the author is planting the seeds to prepare you for the story of Exodus until Deuteronomy. But the very important thing here is that Esau is conjoined to Jacob, as we shall see even more, as Ishmael is conjoined to Isaac. Remember how they meet Ishmael and Isaac to bury their father. So please keep this in mind. And that place will be named Hebron, 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 which is the place of brotherhood where everybody is together. But unfortunately, it is in the tomb which is in the field of Ephron where there is no building technically. But again, Jacob is Jacob and he built himself a house and made booths for his cattle but technically in the Hebrew there is a play as to the house how did he build it it's tricky because to build is usually bad is connected with the building but this is this openness of the text because it is followed by made booths for his cattle. So it's interesting that the word in Hebrew that is connected to the cattle is precisely the same word that is the name of 
the locality which is Sukkot. Okay, it's the same word, there is no difference, but in Hebrew you hear Sukkot and then tents. In Hebrew you are hearing the same word. So technically it's an invitation to you to realize that your ultimate residence will be as God resides in a tent in a booth. And the text ends by saying therefore the name of the place is called Sukkoth. So you see he mentions Sukkoth and then uses Sukkoth with the cattle and then he explains that this is what gives the name. So you are ultimately one of the flock the animals your possessions as animals you have the word mikne here which applies to both the sheep and the herd and this is reflected in the very interesting story about Nathan which he relays to David that there was uh, an old man who had just a you and she slept with him in the uh, it's very modern to remember that and please don't compare this to your pets in North America actually if you have a dog and a cat people tell you it's better to have a cat because she takes care of herself and she goes out all the time you don't have to worry about her but you and the sheep live out of the same ground remember the end of chapter 1 of Genesis and you share this and you live the good life and you have a powerful text in the book of Ecclesiastes who can say the difference between the spirit of man and the spirit of the animal who says which one goes up and which one goes down it's the same thing powerful text and my comment is that in this text the breathing of the human being is pushed to the extreme and referred to as Ruah not Nefesh and that's a text I wield against all theologians that like to speak about the human being the way the Greeks spoke about the heroes and the gods that the animals do not have the same soul and spirit that where the human being is different. No! It is not. At least in that particular text which is pushed to the extreme. And Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem which is in the land of Canaan on his way from Padanaram and he came before the city. Again Shechem is the other religious center in the north like Bethel and older than Bethel and Shechem is tricky because technically it means shoulder it's something upon a hill that overlooks the valley and then gives you power this is why you built your fortresses on a hill to overlook 
So Bethel and Shechem are tricky names that de facto function against the intention and the will of God. And Shechem is as old as Abraham. Once more, names are very important. You have to know where they are to figure out the functions. And then, in preparation of that very important chapter 34, that people read as being the sin of the Shechemites, but its intention to show the arrogance and the sin of the sons of Jacob and from the sons of Hamor, Shechem's father, he bought for a hundred pieces of money the piece of land on which he has pitched his tent, as in Genesis 23. There he erected an altar and called it El Elohe Israel. And again, you see what is happening. The author is trying to push Jacob to settle for a tent and he reverts ultimately to erecting an altar building. And here it is Mizbeah, an altar. And the verb is very interesting because it is not Bana but from the root Nasab to erect from which we have Maseba, a place that is erected high, which is bad news. And in spite of all that, he was the grandfather of David, who thought that he could build a temple and then slam on it the name of God and everything would be fine. And you can hear the stress. El Elohe Israel. It's a doubling of this sinfulness that this is definitely the place of God which is made out of stone. That's how the text works in Scripture. It does not allow you any breathing space for self-righteousness and in spite of all that the Jews and the Christians do this day in and day out. And with this we move to chapter 34. Chapter 34 is a classic text that is conveniently turned around by Jews and Christians to blame the outsider when the entire line of the story is to precisely show the insider his wickedness. And I discussed this in detail in my books. It is the judgment of God reflected in the name Dina 
against Jacob and his sons, more specifically two of his sons and the rest that joined them. In butchering their own brothers according to the covenant of circumcision which was introduced in Genesis 17. You know the story how they put the condition that they would be circumcised if the son of Hamer would marry their sister Dina because he had defiled her. But then they abuse the covenant of circumcision of brotherhood remember in 17 whoever is circumcised whether he is from the household or from the slave it doesn't matter then you are under the tent of Abraham to kill them it's a double sin if you like you're cheating on the covenant of God to kill someone and then this someone is technically your brother at one point so the whole story is the judgment of the sons of Jacob here the text is nice to Jacob because as in the case of David and Solomon you protect the elder but technically and notice how the chapter ends in verse 30 the penultimate verse then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi the two brothers after Reuben which means the top brothers one of them very interesting is that the one who's supposed to listen and we'll talk about that later and thus reflects the obedience to the law and Levi who is the father of the priests technically it would be the Pharisees and the Sadducees if you want and Jacob says you have brought trouble on me by making me odious to the inhabitants of the land the Canaanites and the Perizzites my numbers are few and if they gather themselves against me and attack me I shall be destroyed both I and my household okay that was the reaction of Jacob and yet instead of accepting the statement of Jacob they still went on in self-justification namely that they treated our sister as a harlot so they were consumed by the 
feeling of vengeance. Now before beginning my comments, notice how this is in total opposition to what Esau was in the previous chapter. And this is where I use that expression the presumed enemy. Esau was the presumed enemy of Jacob and Jacob somehow learned his lesson. In 34 the Shechemites were the presumed enemies of the sons of Jacob, specifically Simon and Levi. Although they accepted the covenant of circumcision and thus brotherhood with them. So, it's so much pushed to the extreme. And it is under the aegis of Dina, which is the judgment of God against her own brothers. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.